last time on Geek Force, the squad caught up on a strike and talked about some anime that we love. Uh, but uh, this time, today, on Geek Force. Hello, and welcome to Geek Force, where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. With me today is the lovely Amy and Ray. Welcome, you guys. Marlon, of course, is off on another adventure. He's stuck in Wherever the game somewhere. Maybe. He would be stuck in a game, like Sword Art Online He has style. become a character. He got, he got Isekai'd into Baldur's Gate 3. Ooh, I hope he's still yeah. alive. If that happened, he would, never, he would never leave. He would actually prefer he would that. He actually. <laughs> like, I can live here. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Well, we're all here today. How's everyone doing? Um, doing well. We have some amazing topics to talk about today. First off, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, where it's about space, the final frontier. I'm talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds that has been out on Paramount Plus, if you have it. Season 2 had just came out about last month. Um, we're actually taking the time to kind of talk uh, talk about it, review it, um, things that we like, um, what we're hoping to see, you know, once the strike settles things with negotiations with the writers and actors. Um, as we know, the cast are super big in their own strikes supporting their fellow actors and writers, and so... Who knows when we'll see season three, but until Lissai. then, let's talk about season two. Lissai. I know, right? I don't like this. I don't like not knowing. Like, usually we know when we're getting our too. shows. Now we're just like, question mark? <laughs> question mark? Yeah, it really sucks that a lot of shows that came out after the strike started, uh, Star Trek included, wonderful season two in my opinion and then it ended on a like a crazy cliffhanger and now we never know i appreciated we'll that i forgot that happened right. and we saw it now on season three season three that's up in the air um i believe it's been green lit but as far as like being in production and coming out we do not know um yeah so let's get right into it uh how should we start with season two well um uh... Let me ask this question. Did you guys like it more than season one? That's a good question. I um, did. Yes. Season one was a good intro to the yes. characters, to the style, to what this, why this show is the show. Why is the show standing out from the other Star Treks on Paramount? Mm-hmm. And I think they did a really great job on that. Um, it definitely has the glitter of the original series, which I love. Um, basically, this is the prequel, which I... Which is it's amazing that the, even though this is a modern day show, they still capture the essence of the 1960s Star Trek show. I think that do that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as season two, I think we're pushing on more of the extended characterization of everyone, mm-hmm. um, adding more characters. I think we are heading towards, you know, eventually the original Kirk crew is going to happen. It's a question of when and how. Um, and so I mean, we know how <laughs> they've yeah, been talking about this since, since uh, um, uh, um, Discovery. <laughs> Sorry, I know. <laughs> I can't remember but the like, other show for the people for the people who haven't watched that, if they are watching or they are like, "Hey, this is my first Star Trek." True. Uh, you 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 don't know what's in store with that. I mean, hey, that's great. That means you can go back and watch the other Star Trek shows. But as far as like the characters that are not like part of that like what happens to them like is it gonna be like a doomsday event are they just gonna go work somewhere else we don't know but i feel like season two did a great job in um extending fluffing out characters giving them more stakes 
and deadlines and stuff. And as we know, as we're, we're going to keep talking about it, working towards that crazy ending. Um, yeah. How are we going to, how are we going to get from there to season three? I, well, that's a, I'm curious when they're going to do that. Cause I, it does feel like they're moving towards that. Kirk was in a lot this season. Yeah. I'm like, uh, where's your shit, bro? And, where's and your shit? By the, by the end of the season, we got another person. Uh, and But there's still, you know, a couple that aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we don't have the doctor yet, uh, which is the one that draws in my mind immediately. So, um, I don't know. I like, I don't know if they're dragging this out where that's like whatever season, season's finale is the, we lose Pike. Um, and then, you know, Curse gets promoted to captain and it's some crazy mission where they have to go back and they all take some time off and everybody gets promoted and that's the new crew. And then they go off and they play the little TOS sound and like, that's the show. Or it'd be fun if they like remade one episode, like the, the first episode of TOS, if they like, mm-hmm. Did that? Did that exact script almost as like the last episode of the show with that crew? That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. Uh, don't do it too much because then it's gonna be real lame. But like <laughs> just once, people would be like, "That was so amazing!" Like, uh, so mm-hmm. I, that's a good question. I don't want this crew to go though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I need like five, six seasons of the show. Yeah, of this, yeah. No, of this, honestly, if they keep up this kind of quality, it definitely hit a stride. Season two, like it, like it kind of came together more, and I was like, okay, I kind of see how this is different um but still holds like the framework of what you remember of like old trek not so much that the newer stuff i think it yeah um definitely i I appreciated that um i think ray i think you said something about it going more less light and more dark uh and that was kind of seen in the finale and i'm Hoping? There's multiple dark true. episodes. Well, that's true. That's true. But I feel like the, the finale was like, "Oh, we're going there now," kind of thing. So I. Oh yeah, that's that's what I, I appreciated about this too. Was they, yeah, they hit, they got, they had some more dark episodes. Mm-hmm. It was less. It was the right amount of Spock's girlfriend arc. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, I was glad the little bit of that that they really focused on, I actually really enjoyed, but the it wasn't like multiple episodes of that. I actually think I got too much uh, Noonie and Singh romance, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. I just I just didn't, mm-hmm. I was like, where is this going? Like, what are y'all doing yeah. with this? Uh, so I think actually it was the it was still alive in the musical episode because yes, there's a musical episode. Yes. It was still alive there, and I was just like, come on, I. I I'm already confused on where this is going. Right. Just can we move fast this, please? I like that. I like her character, though. Her doing, her getting uh, some time like that. Her episode was kind of corny in some moments, too. Uh, but, like, uh, it was, I liked her getting the screen time that she got this season. All the characters got more screen time, which was great. Uh, they all needed uh, uh, Ortega being uh, my favorite, who can definitely get her own. Like a better her own episode soon, but yeah, she she had some she has some good screen time too. So uh, I don't remember what the name of the pilot on who flew the ship on Kirk's Sulu? ship. 
Oh, missing? that's right. And Sulu's still missing. Yeah, yeah. so Sulu's that, what's going to happen with this shoe? Sulu. Is show. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, like, same to you saying, like, I love this crew, but it's going to change and I'm just going to make me sad. Like, are they, it will. like, <laughs> I'm not ready. Let's, let's, let's uh, stay like this yeah. for a long time. I, I do I appreciate, like, there were scenes where they would include Spock, um, Uhuru, and, um, Kirk together. There was that one se- that episode where Kirk was there, and they were all in the bar mm-hmm. toasting. And I was right. like, I see what you did, yeah. but not slowly, yet. like not yet, slowly right. so, getting us to be like, okay, I can see it, I can see it a little bit. Yeah. You gotta get along. But my next, what I also want to ask you guys is, how did you feel about the crossover episode? Um, did you feel like it hit the mark? Do you feel like it was too much? I mean, it was a lot of fan service, which I'm fine with, but. I was curious if you guys felt like it towed the line or just a little bit too extra. Um, in general, it was all right. Uh, I think uh, I this is a consequence of Marvel. <laughs> and <laughs> like it is, it is, if we're being real. Uh, this is a consequence of theirs. I don't think they did a poor job with this one. I'm going to judge each one of these individually as I have to, yeah. but like, I don't, I don't know if I need every, I don't need more of it if that's how they're going to address it. If they had used what would have been more fun is if they had used that as like some mirror universe nonsense Ooh. and like make that more of the mirror universe thing of the mm-hmm. show. It's like they just keep interacting with this crew for some goddamn reason. Like, how are we, mm. how did I get it accidentally put into the mirror universe? again the episode basically like if they had used it in that sort of sense I'm time traveling again god damn it like uh, hopefully they do Uh, next season we get one where a part of the crew ends up in the future and they're like getting scolded by uh, uh, by uh, what you call it by section 31 or something yeah so uh, we'll see how that ends up but this episode was fine it was okay I appreciated them using the characters uh, that are the using the voice actors and the characters roles it's, even though it looked a little funky I think I still preferred that honestly because they at least sounded the same and that's really all that mattered and you uh, so uh, great Uh if you're going to do more of this, actually take it seriously next time, please. Cause that was more of a joke episode. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, it it kind of seemed like they were, they, they kept going back and forth and I was wondering if there was a reason for that. Uh, like, cause like the tone was shift so drastically throughout the season. That's really a bad thing, but it definitely like, it did go back yeah, and forth like a lot. It kind of rubber bands on energy. Yeah. So I just, yeah. I mean, I, I did enjoy the season. I thought it was very well done, but there was such mm-hmm. a drastic tone shift so often that it made you kind of question, like, you know, where is this going? Which, which I mean, isn't that basically a bad kinda thing? Kind of old Trek also. Tr- true. Yeah, episodic, true, but then there's a true. background storyline yeah. happening. I think at the same uh, time. for the most part, What's the name? Uh, Deep Space Nine. I don't know why I can't think of the words right now. Yeah, but Deep Space, Deep Space Nine does it the least because Deep Space Nine is more pretty dark. Most well, of they were it. in a There's war for like ha- four seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maybe like five. I don't- the so it ends up with a lot of darkness, which is funny that that's uh, like some people's favorite tracks. But that that's that's yeah. This it's trying to be TOS, which did Rubber Band like. Mm-hmm next generation mm-hmm. like Voyager 
um, sometimes. Uh, so it's it's fine. It, it's the works. It just it definitely rubber bands. What was um, y'all's favorite episode this season, or what episode Ooh. did you enjoy the most? Good question. Mm. I know there's like two for me, but I I don't know. There's just one because there was a lot of strong performances of like like not mean characters they were just characters that were for the show like for that episode they were really strong performances and I was just because like, because these stories tend to be more of my favorites because i just like this kind of sci-fi i think the one where they get stuck on the planet uh, oh yeah the snowy planet and they like forget the themselves that yeah was, that yeah, was a good yeah. episode it's also really weird <laughs> It was, it was good, definitely it was weird. weird. I was like, wait, it's what just, is going yeah. on? Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's, that's why I say it. That's why I gave that preface, because I'm just like, it, was, it wasn't the best episode yeah, of this season, but I think it's though. my favorite, because I it, just really like that, yeah. I like that sci-fi storytelling, or just like, ah, oh, we got stuck in this crazy, weird sci-fi scenario. How the fuck do we get out of this? Like, I like those stories, so. Especially in Star Trek, because they're Very Star Trek. <laughs> they're just very Star Trek, Yeah. <laughs> The the one with the um, uh, the with, what's her face the the doctor that was an interesting one because like the the dark story yeah like, that was the darkest episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Midnight. that was really interesting and, uh, to me I, what's her name I don't know if it's my favorite but it was so I was trying to figure out like what is going on <laughs> like what, it left a big like, impact on you yeah you're just I was like, like oh shit like, he took them all out by himself I was like ooh and that guy and lied it and it was all right. like one big lie I was like oh my brain hurts trying to make this make sense but I'm like okay alright 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 I don't know that was uh, that was the most impactful I think out of all of them I mean, like, I, I kind of wanted more though. Like, I wanted more explanation, and I wanted more story. I wanted right. more flashback to like what actually happened. Like a part one and a part kind two. Of, I, I feel like they edited so much out of it. <laughs> I was like, I need more visual. I want to see yeah. more. Um, I'm stuck. So, it. I think that was like episode one or episode two when Una is on trial to pop, basically try to get back to her job. Mm-hmm. I really love the dialogue in that. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me that felt like, oh, we're talking about reality for a second, um, mm-hmm. about how people are different and stuff. But like I liked how basically the lawyer, you know, they're the same kind and they were just like had different viewpoints, but then she went to work. Like she went all um olivia pope in space that's why i kept calling her um and, and saying like hey so would you say so you say this right so then what if i say this like how would you like handle that and they're like uh, uh. i was like oh shit she got them um i really like that and it made me happy that when i got to join the group because that was like my first concern when the season started was like okay, everyone's back together but Una and she's like the best number one. So how is she coming back? And so that episode was a really great I like political space Mm -hmm. drama. I I like that as a new favorite. And then No, that one was good. And then like the other episode to me that like I think is my favorite is basically um, Uhura's uh, episode when those voices Mm, like was was affecting everyone. So like I was like what is going on? getting knocked out and then she started having these like i'm gonna kill everyone and i was like wait no she's the cinnamon bun what's what's happening i really like that because I, I think i like that 
kind of slight horror, horror thriller space. And so she didn't know what to do. Kirk was there to help her, which to me also kind of brought them together. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, it was just people like the, the, the group of people communicating about not getting killed in the, and, and, and that little thing. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this, this took me on a journey an emotional, an emotional journey. And just like a, a, as a viewer, just narrative. Right. So I was like, that was my favorite episode probably. Cause I was just like, same with you, Amy, like, what is going on? I need to keep watching. I'm trying to figure out. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I liked when they, well, I did like that one of the jokes in the Lower Decks episode was them using Una as a, like the post, the actual poster child of the Republic, not the Republic, of the Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, that's that's a good joke. Uh, the, the um, yeah, <laughs> that was that was a good joke. Uh, so just going using that episode, that was a good episode. Uh, but I realized looking at this at the looking at all the episodes here the only ones i guess i maybe was just indifferent to mm-hmm. were the two gimmick episodes and the uh not that they were totally bad like the, the lower decks and the musical mm-hmm. they weren't like totally bad but like and i didn't like them as much as i liked half of the ones that we just talked about uh and looking at the other ones that we didn't talk about, they were all very good. Um, so, because even the even the first episode of the season was just a crew without Pike uh, oh, yeah, solving a problem and saving the day. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, "This is I like this Spock episode." Uh, yeah. So. Uh, good season. Like I actually, I remember having the feeling after watching the last episode, and yeah, it ended on a cliffhanger, which is also very classic Trek, which I really appreciated. Uh, and the um, I st- I remember thinking, man, I this is one of the few times I would have taken more episodes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, very rarely do have I said that in the past couple of years. Yeah. Like I I could have I'd have watched. Uh, you know, 16 probably yeah, actually. And the number. other ones could have all been the same quality of the musical and the mm-hmm. thing. And like the other one I wasn't the biggest fan of was the time travel episode with Noonie and Singh. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just one of those episodes that's just like this. None of this is going to, there's a lot of character development that's not going to matter yeah. sooner or later because yeah. it's time travel. So, uh, uh, but I, you know, they used it strongly the rest of the season and uh, kind of actually, I, no, they didn't. It was just, just the Kirk thing that I was just like, what are y'all doing with this? I don't, <laughs> I don't get this, but, uh, I'd have still watched six more of those level of episodes. Agreed. So Agreed. good season. Good job. They, that one, uh, I am also like, man, I really start discovery was, uh, the, the season one of Discovery started in a different time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They use Discovery to learn what not to do right. at the end of the day. Um, I it doesn't get it right all the time. We've talked about Discovery in general, uh, but generally we wouldn't have this if we didn't have Discovery. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want a bad mouth Discovery, but I'm also glad it's on. An, it, they've announced that this is the final season. This next one is coming <laughs> out. Like, the burn I, thing, like at all. Um, <laughs> the burn? Oh, yeah. The burn was it's a little weird. Kind of a yeah. weird but, plot device that I don't think makes sense, but whatever. Fine. 
it, so yeah, it's it, it, none of most of Discovery. Mm. Honestly, ooh, this is hilarious. Discovery was at its best with half of these characters <laughs> in it. No! Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's yeah. like, "Bye, guys. Wrong. Go into the future." <laughs> Yeah. We're not gonna remember. Uh, well, we won't talk about you, so it's like you don't exist. Bye. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. That is but, hilarious. Uh, hey, discovery walks uh, so that this can run. Sure. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not so, mad at it. Sure. Uh, I agree. Sure. Um, I hope the next one keeps up this kind of quality Ooh. and not discovery quality. Agree. Um, they. Um, have shown more recently to be doing a better job because I think they listen Card to the fans also, a little bit. Maybe that's kind of the vibe yeah, I'm getting. It's like maybe that's what's happened. Listen to something and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe we'll change. With as much bit. Trek as this is, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure I have to think Seth MacFarlane in some way. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. because the humor. They, they all should. The humor on the show is like like something he would write. It's so funny and witty and then sometimes stupidly goofy but still like classy in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Plus I would half of these people half of these people are still the same, you know, producers and stuff that you see the names pop up. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Uh, Jonathan Franks directed at least one of these he did, episodes. He, he I don't remember crossover. which one it was. I know that much. He did oh, a crossover. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he uh, he he did the um when dude did the Riker he, he he said in an interview that his wife was on set and she like screamed when he did that because it was so funny. Aww. In the moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was it was funny. Riker. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> uh, but the. Damn, oh, that's what Sorry, I was saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Half of these people have worked on the Orville with Seth MacFarlane, mm-hmm. like that are producing and directing these episodes. So, like, they're gonna bring some of that energy no matter what because they they still they shared some of it with him and he influenced them in his own way with some of their humor and they they've started bringing it back with other stuff. So, um, yeah, glad to see them doing an amazing yes. job with this. It, they have figured out how to make a strong Star Trek show. Now they just have to keep more or less doing this kind of quality and you know proud proud fan base it's so strong they had to Uh, bring it to TV because they didn't have any new shows (laughs) wow really and and I'm very glad I'm very glad because they have gotten a treat um and they don't need to know that Discovery existed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, Discovery I don't what? know. It was no, okay. I'm, just, I'm making a bad I'm joke. Gonna... I'm making a bad joke. It's a bad joke. Discovery has its issues. <laughs> I don't actually mean it. <laughs> I don't actually okay. mean it. <laughs> no hate. No, I mean, not that uh, much hate, but maybe a little bit of hate. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I love all those actors in that show. Yeah, I, I like the, the actors. Ca- like my favorite part content. about Discovery is the characters. Yeah. Yes. The rest of it is kind of nonsensical. So, yes, how do you guys feel about the Michelle Yeoh spinoff movie that's going to come out? Yeah, I looked it up after this because I was like, "What is like, next? Is this going to be more of the Discovery writer stuff?" Or <laughs> at is this point, <laughs> at this point, who knows? Because writer strike but yeah true uh that could be anything i don't think it's in production actually yet mm-hmm. so that's why i'm like but also actor strike so they can't film it so right. who knows what it's going to turn into the i hope it uses this quality but we've seen it with disney plus we're like because mm-hmm. they're running so many things at different times like one thing doesn't get the same information that another thing does so like 
hopefully the strike actually delays it enough for like, oh, they can take the feedback from Strange New World and put it into this. Um, but, you know, who knows? Because who knows? I, dude, I mean, do you feel like that that's going to be a mess too? The, wait, which one? The, the Michelle Yeoh. Um, section I, 31. I think Section 31 has a lot of material to work with just because they're so little we know about how they operate like true, i thought true. sloan was section 31 for the longest time i'm like it's only in your head like i don't understand like how does this work how does this work um so i, I don't know i mean it's it's michelle like she'll kill it clearly and they'll pro- they have to give her good a good script they have they cannot they not give her a bad a, they, they cannot give her a shit script to work with because that'd just be insulting <laughs> to her well um I mean, they gave her discovery, so I don't know. Witcher Origins, and that was bad. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I totally forgot that existed. Never mind. No, I'm I'm just saying. (laughs) You're right. You're right. She doesn't have have to say yes if she wants to. But no, I agree. They they should at least honor her presence by making sure she has a good script to work with. Knowing that she's the main character of this, they better. Like, you're not going to make her with that. Have we seen a Section 31 agent in... Strange New World yet? Not that we're aware of. No. Okay. Wait, Just curious uh, when that crossover is happening. Who's that lady? Because Michelle Yeoh, that means because Michelle Yeoh went back to this was a timeline in Discovery. She went right? back to it. That was the whole point said, of that. Well, I mean, based on what that dude said, she went back to a time where they were closer. I don't know what that means, like how close. Yeah, so it's going to end up being there, and they're gonna hmm. they're gonna use her in an episode. She'll be a crossover episode at some you point too. Gonna, mm. She'll pop up, I'm and like they'll, she'll back. be on. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, here with with Strange oh, New World with oh, Pike oh, oh, and oh, oh. and the and them. Oh. She'll pop in for a second. Oh, that would actually be fun, though. I would look forward to that. It would be fun because we show you what happens. I'd be like, great. oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I like possible, that idea. Possible. I guess we'll see. Well, now that we're still in space talking about space things, we're going to kind of change it up a bit and go to the other franchise, which I'm talking about Star Wars. Star Wars actually has a show called out, coming out called uh, Ahsoka. It's been out for about three weeks or so. Um, Something like that. I'm going to get it off the because I have not watched any episodes. Same. So it's all, it's Ray's corner now. I'm curious about your thoughts because again, this is another Star Wars spinoff and yes. <laughs> um, and it's a Disney plus show. And it's a Disney plus um, show. Love them right so now. That's, so that's my summary. It is a, <laughs> it is a Star Wars. Oh, no. It is a Star Wars. Uh, I, I think it is a star. It was a good Star Wars product, but it's also a Disney Plus show, um, and uh, so the the good and the bad. Uh, the good, um, the portrayance, the the portrayness of the act, like the actors are great at these characters. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy they're using these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, my fr- my partner I was watching it with she said I, at some point in the first episode I didn't realize there were going to be so many female characters in this and mm. I was like yes it's just all women right now for the most nice. part and the bad guys uh, <laughs> because 
uh, and the bad guy uh, for the most part because they um, um, it's Ahsoka and Sabine and mm-hmm. the Rebels cast with uh, all the villains right now currently oh. uh, all the villains but most of the more majority of the villains are women right now mm. so that's great uh, they are all, they're all doing a great job cool lightsaber fights uh, oh, okay. lovely to see lovely to see the Rebels people they're they're doing a fine job and, res- and respecting those characters fine uh i was worried about taking a char- an animated character but they've already they've already done it with bo-katan and they did fine with bo-katan mm-hmm. uh but you know still here's some other animated but bo-katan wasn't a main character of a show mm-hmm. but they had a chance to uh practice with a side character and they're doing a great job with main characters i think uh i like sabine's where they're what they're doing right now and how they're using ahsoka and it's it's going great uh i think it's slower than what people want out of this Mm. product but also that's kind of star wars uh it's always been kind of slow in parts yeah yeah um so, but there's, uh, if I describe an opening scene so that you can laugh through it a little bit too, but, uh, they, you know, she's, she's looking for something. She's in a old, uh, she's in an old temple of a people, Ahsoka in one of the opening scenes of the show. Mm-hmm. And she's like solving the puzzle of the crypt almost and kind of, you know, cause it's star Wars and they do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, very slow her, her, her taking time to turn the dials very quietly uh, and then she goes over to the next dial and she turns that one kind of slowly and like it's kind of funny how it's paced a little bit mm-hmm. but it's a 50 minute episode so like it isn't crazy but it, there's other scenes with this kind of pacing uh, and so it's kind of interesting I think it doesn't help with the Disney Plus format of we're not going to really tell a whole story until the season's completely done. Like we're telling you parts of a story, uh, which is why Secret Invasion was kind of weird. And I, so, you know, it's still a Disney Plus show. That's why I threw that in there at the beginning. That part. I think I'm going to wait till it's all done at this point. So like, and I don't, I'm going to watch it. I watched it in a thir- three episode chunk. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch it in another three episode chunk and then watch the last two or something. Uh, because I, if I'm watching this week to week, I'm going to be upset. This is, Uh-oh. it's like the Andor thing all over again. We have to watch it in chunks. Hey man, Andor ended up Almost. being really good. Not, so I can't even hate as, on that. Yes. True. <laughs> but not as, so that's why I say very positively about the rest. It's just not Andor type chunks. Andor type chunks. You felt like you got a story in three episodes. Right. And then, you know, like, uh, you know, I like actually really liked that. Three. But be, again, because they didn't get the feedback on Andor, mm. Ahsoka was filmed more Mandalorian style because they were filming at the same time I'm sure so they just didn't get that they didn't have that feedback yet so um, so this is this is off of Mandalorian feedback I bet the next Star Wars thing we get will be more Andor pace well Um, they are they are they were filming season two I don't know they had to stop but they were trying to get ready for season two to come out next year but I don't know now and I'm like that's the only Star Wars thing I care about right now Um, but you know uh, uh, do you remember who's running the New Republic in this time period this is right this is Um, still Mandalorian time time. 
The New Republic still exists. I saw a thing on Instagram, but I'm blanking on you the name. You remember slightly enough Star Wars because, yeah. uh, you know, it's New Republic. We wa- you watched Andor. Yeah, the Winterface uh, Lady. Mon yeah. the yeah, Chancellor Mon- of the like New Mon- Republic. <laughs> she, she popped up in an episode, so she's still around okay, doing okay. some things. That's, it's nice to see her. Like, all of these, it's nice that they have access to stuff like this and, uh, use all these people and like you know there's some random actors and episodes that you're like hey that guy and <laughs> i've seen him at things um, so which is very mandalorian like too mm-hmm. but i don't think it's doing a bad job i think okay. they have they have done a they're doing a good job with everything it's just mandalorian pacing oh. and so uh that i think that takes away from it slightly mm-hmm. um because of that chapter format i think Oh, I want to see more Andor pacing. So, I want to see more Andor pace. And I think I'm going to love that next thing. My, my question was, because that was basically my, my first question was, what genre or what tone is the show? I know you're saying it's kind of taking it off Man- Mandalorian. Or is it kind of mm. like... <clears throat> no, it's more, it's more Andor in that sense. There's a little bit of... Uh, they borrowed some of that Mandalorian thing with at least one, with that one character so far, uh, this mm-hmm. one actor who I've seen in other stuff, and he he's he is kind of a comedic role in an episode, but it's not full comedy like some mm-hmm. like that Jack Black Lizzo episode. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So I like that it's it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, the it is more the story is definitely more Andor. I actually am like feeling I'm digging what they're doing right now uh, mm. a lot. Like it, okay. I have a, I have a more positives than negatives on this show right now for sure. Okay. Uh, but it's just because it's split up in that, mm. in that secret invasion style, mm. you know, like each episode is just going into the next where like, you're almost better off just watching the six hour movie. Uh, right. But you know, that's just how it, that's just how it's paced. I don't, I just, I'm tired of that, so but it's fine. Is each episode like an hour? Well, uh, they have progressively gotten shorter, hmm. but oh. that's, I think I'm, I'm sure it's going to get longer closer to the end. Okay. So it's like 50 more, at least more than like 25 minutes. It was 50, it was like 50, 40, okay. 35 or something. So yeah, I can see you watching that in chunks. I, I was like, yeah. I don't know how long the show is. I didn't know what kind of tone it was taking. Like it wasn't going to be like, action comedy or like drama with some action like it's I fine. didn't know. Uh, yeah, it's there's been a decent amount of fight scenes. Mm. There's you said there's good uh, lightsaber fights, which I was like, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's good lightsaber fights. What? Uh, that's crazy. And with with the word plural in three episodes <laughs> I know, too. You said yeah. sabers, and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there will definitely be more because uh, okay. the way they have set it up. So I'm looking forward to those. Um, yeah, the, I got my boy Chopper. Uh, my favorite droid of Rebels. But, oh, that's the last thing I was supposed to say about the show. Mm-hmm. Rebels. Um, yes. They, uh, I think because they are doing a, they've done a lot of character development with Sabine already mm-hmm. in three episodes. And I think that was a smart move because it helps you not, it helps you not feel like you are missing everything mm-hmm. uh, that happened in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is, it is, because of some of the pacing of that like chapter style so far, I think uh, it has hit me better because I have all the context of what 
Rebels, what happened in Rebels, and who these characters were, and why Sabine is really sad about Ezra in the mm-hmm. first couple of episodes, and so like why everyone keeps using his name, like why who's this Ezra kid that everyone keeps talking? So like I, I have all the context. Uh, my friend who hadn't seen Rebels didn't think. Uh, she was very lost so you'll probably be fine because they use Sabine in a very good way of like bringing you in slowly with her story and they say her name his name alright and he, even though you don't know who he is you you understand very quickly he was a Jedi that a lot of people respected like and that they do a good job of hitting you with that okay. strong enough for like okay respect Ezra Bridger you don't know who he is or why but you know he was cool uh, hmm. but we're off on an adventure to go find him so okay so uh, that's that's the main that was my next question was what is the main plot is it following the last season of Rebels or is it trying well, to well yeah because he just in, then... in the finale okay. if I spoil the finale of Rebels I'm sorry if you I've already recommended it several times uh, <laughs> listeners but uh, here's your sorry, word but I'm sorry uh, yeah uh, uh, Ezra Bridger uh disappears in the last episode of uh the season of the series mm-hmm. he but he does it by saving the day also causing thrawn to disappear who was a problem and needed to go um and so that's why she brought his name up in mandalorian then that one episode of soka was in that first one that she popped up uh the character that she was fighting in that episode i don't know if you remember her she's one of the main villains mm-hmm. in this show so far um and so uh yeah they, she's she's looking for Thrawn, and she Ahsoka's more or less like if this if this chick is confident enough that this guy exists exists, I should be paying attention to this because yeah. Thrawn needed to go. He bad. Thrawn doesn't need to like that's this guy was supposed to go. I don't need you bringing him back. That's gonna be a problem. Uh, and so that's the point of the show. But she, it's the she gets Sabine back in for help partially because she's like, look, if this chick is this hell-bent on finding Thrawn because she thinks he's alive, that probably means Ezra's alive. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, if we go solve this problem, we might find him. Uh, so that's going to be cool to see because I'm sure he's going to pop up just like Thrawn's going to pop up yeah. sooner or later in the show. Uh, yeah. And that's going to be cool. Uh, there's a lot that they're doing here that so, I just I really love right. and I don't think they're doing a poor job right now uh, and that's so. my next question because I know you don't like Marvel and it is on Disney Plus but are you seeing that hey, this is the show that's not true okay I'm going to put in quotation don't marks don't put that kind of <laughs> put in quotation marks <laughs> it's, it's fine you're just there. <laughs> um, do you feel like this show is going to be the vehicle towards either a movie or no, like Andor a bigger is. You think Andor's going to be the vehicle that's going to put everything crossed over? Because oh, you want a big crossover? Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. I mean, it, that's and true. Faro, that's if they what choose, they wanted, but it felt like so, Ahsoka was being set up to be like the yeah. Iron Man. I like, you know me, uh, this yeah. is the thing you actually probably should yeah. say is uh, uh, I appreciate a good uh, The Evil Wins episodes. Uh, and so just when you do evil well, it, it draws a lot of emotion and out of the viewer and you're just like, oh, fuck, uh, this guy actually won. <laughs> so yeah, if Thrawn wins the show, that's definitely what's coming next. Oh, okay. I'm excited you now. You gotta solve this guy. You He can't, like, there's a thing that comes after that to beat him the, the good guys have to win because mm-hmm. Thrawn's a problem 
But he maybe he does win, and that's why the first order. They're going to explain it. That's why the first order existed is because he he started putting it together, and then it turned into some mechanical cult nonsense because they killed him because mm-hmm. they slowed him down. But like he still built this thing that then became a problem. So uh, I'm curious what that's going to be. Uh, how they do that, but probably you're probably right. But because Disney wants to keep doing I mean, all these they things. They mentioned in, in the Mandalorian, the the season that we just saw, they mentioned like that little council were talking like, "Oh no, we got him on speed dial. Like that's not what he wants." So I don't know where he is, and I'm thinking this is what the show is meant to be: is for this group to seek him and find him. This is feeling like get him back. he's yeah. Sauron and he's like hiding out in a, a volcano yes. somewhere type pop. Yes. Like that's what it feels like. He's a problem. No, if you it, watch if you watch Rebels, it's true. He is a problem. He gets blasted. Like he is we thought he was gone. Now seeing Mandalorian kinda was like, oh it's no, like there's whispers that he's coming back to episode. There's whispers that he's coming back. He's what I what I like about what I like about Thrawn is you watch the prequels and you you see how maniacal Darth Sidious is the whole time in the prequels. Like right. he has all of these plots that he's doing and he fools everyone for movies. And uh, Thrawn is that good. He just doesn't use the force. Like, That's he, crazy, but he's though. he just he that guy is he's powerful. Like he's powerful. real smart. Yeah, so yeah. That's real smart. So if if one were to watch Rebels and then watch Ahsoka, what else would you recommend? To go along with that, if you well, haven't seen all of the things that lead up to this, I I just sooner or later watch sooner or later watch both of those animated series because they're both really good. Honestly, Clone Wars might be a little bit better than Rebels, really? but okay. uh, no, when Rebels was <laughs> yeah, it, it it is. But the uh, Rebels is still very good, and I really love I liked that series as well. Uh, I should put together like a like a quick like a guy uh, filler free rebels uh, mm-hmm. that would be helpful because uh, <laughs> I, uh, I keep hitting the fucking thumb like when does this take off I'm getting so annoyed that I stop because uh, I get frustrated it's, what's really that's, what really is that mean is there, what's the like what's the episodes of season one and two that I tell you to watch and you skip all the rest of them and you watch right. the rest of the entire series because I after three once three starts I don't think you should miss anything uh, really or but there's some there's some parts of one and two you can skip for sure uh, until they figured it out and then three on was amazing uh, but yeah so yeah watch just watch those uh, I think that's the best way I can answer that yeah, my my boyfriend did the same thing and just gave me a, a cheat sheet of episodes. And but then also he read the book, so then he gave me extra context to stuff. And I know like I Disney. See, that's the thing. The books were you know the fandom's bread and butter. Disney basically said, "Oh no, this is not canon anymore." Everyone was mm. sad, but now they're drawing back from those references. Yeah. And I'm they're like, using a lot of that. I'm like, wait. <laughs> What are you doing? So again, they, they 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 basically said, but we're not we're not including any of this as canon because right. we want to be able to change what it is. But we we won't we 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 got something for you still. And then they were like, let's we're well, we're this is the starting point for everything, <laughs> and then the we'll books. change from there. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We're gonna go get those books because we want to. This is what we. Uh, well, you could have done that in the first fine. place. 
They really With could have done a much better job of that. If we yeah, seven, eight, and I would have been much better <laughs> exactly. with that philosophy. I did not know oh, that until like Travis told me, like, "Oh no, if you read these books, this is what the three prequels would have been about." And I was like, "Wait, this all makes sense." Yeah, but Disney wanted to be Disney, and I was just like, "Now I hate the prequel. Like, I hate the new uh, sequels even more now, like because." Those books were so good. I don't remember everything that happened, but I heard some of the characters that existed in those books, and I was just like, no, that would have been better. Luke, because I I feel like Luke in the media is not being portrayed as it is in the book series, because in the media, I always found him like, you know, I'm a Leia stan. I'm like Leia all day. But Luke did some pretty incredible things in the book series. Like, he was a grandmaster. Like, he was a badass, and we still haven't had a chance to see Luke (laughs) in that light. And I'm like, with all these sequels, prequels, reboots, whatever, I'm not saying like, oh, we should go back to the Skywalker saga, but man, it would be really cool if we can actually, uh, during this time with Thrawn getting bigger, like, Luke is a big thing. I know they're not going to include him, but it would be pretty nice. Well, well, Kat, they are doing the Skywalker because Daisy Ridley is coming back as a no, Skywalker. No, no, like that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. My comment on it is Paramount and CBS, Uh-oh. they weren't afraid. Disney is afraid. They just, they just, Uhura in Star- Strange New World does not look the same as right. Michelle Nichols' character mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. TOS, uh, but she's playing the same person. Mm-hmm. If they had, ju- they weren't, they weren't afraid to do it. They just did it. If Disney would just hire, I know everyone wants Sebastian Stan, but like if they just would hire someone and stop doing just this weird face thing, yeah, just and it'll be okay. It's gonna be fine if you do if you treat him like you're treating all the rest of these characters. It's gonna people will love it. <laughs> And it will be okay, Disney. Stop being so afraid. It's okay. But I'm going to say this with a grain of salt because we also have said for a long time that we're tired of Skywalkers. So, but uh, this is a pretty big thing in the books, and they said they weren't going to mess with the books, but that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, If they use him at all, it'll be in this. uh, it'll be in this movie that you have referenced. That's when they really want. use Luke Skywalker. But we'll see, because again, um, Bob Iger and the strikes. That's when they'll really use Skywalker. So Exactly. So it's like, I feel like if the writers, mostly like Filoni and Farrow, if they just were left alone, like if Disney producers just left them alone, um, Star Wars could be amazing because they definitely want to make it more realistic as far as like it's a it's a violent place people are gonna get shot up there's gonna be a lot of profanity and yeah that's pushing that almost r-rated thing like i think <laughs> filoni would love to do an r-rated star wars movie i secretly think that is his goal but because he can't do that he is trying to push towards that edginess that we saw in clone wars but Disney keeps holding the man back, and I'm just like, no, I, no, I don't think they are this time. I think really? this he's he's doing his thing. These okay. are his characters as much as okay. anybody else. He's his names on every episode. Okay. Uh, so he directed the first one. So it's um, it's it is Dave Filoni for sure. Okay, but I'm just saying the movie. Like if we're if that's, oh, yes. that is they need to give him that to, movie. You know, if we have yes. to go back to a Mandalorian episode and, you know, we're doing Andor just movie. to kind of continue this 
saga of a movie. I'm just afraid that because it's a movie, Disney's got to really be like, okay, yeah, we let you do this in the TV shows, but the movie we're going to have to like pull back. And that's going to piss me off because I'm like, you're, you're hyping us up and this is what we're going to get. That's we'll all see. Time will tell. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. Especially, I'm especially excited see. for it. I'm excited. I'm happy that Star Wars is finding a way to be innovative with their material. It's very, it's been such a rocky road for them, you know, since like their prequel movies and then like Clone Wars be on Cartoon Network and stop and come back time. and stuff. Um, it's weird that I found their home in Disney Plus, but I think with their groove of having some solid shows in place, Mandalorian, Andor, and now Ahsoka, we can have a cool thing going. It's just, can we maintain the quality as we're going forward? Because I know the fan. I know Star Wars fans. Toxic. So I'm just like, mm. Toxic. I mean, there's a, there's a thin line of like, we don't like it because whatever. And then we don't like it because it's actually bad. I just, I want that line of, this is great and entertaining. And it makes sense. But I think that's just hard to just do when there's so many hands uh when it comes to like the writing room and the producing it it kind of gets mixed up because you know them not touching luke and then taking from references that they want to have control over i i'm just nervous that it's going to be like a disney story more than like a true star wars story and that's why i'm like mm. well, we'll yeah <laughs> it's hard We'll see. Um, cool. So now we're getting out of sci-fi into fantasy. Final fantasy. As you know. You're already in fantasy. This girl here is the biggest Final Fantasy fan that you can ever know. If you listeners, if you didn't know already, I would I am a spokesperson of Square Enix. I I I live that life. I will play every Are you RPG really? that and I have Are played most sure? of every RPG that they created. Um, I don't know if that's true. No, it's true. I am one of those people that can sit down and tell you what Kingdom Hearts is about. I am one of the very few in this world that will stand by Kingdom Hearts and be like, you're confused? Here, sit down. Have a snack. Let me take you on a journey um, type thing. Um, but uh, so this year, we had a big Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 16 that came out. Um, if you are familiar with the MMO Final Fantasy 14, the big producers and writers of CB3 uh, basically directed and created this game for us. This was going to be a game that was going to stand out because not only was it going to be rated M, it was going to be outside the normal RPG element. So if you're familiar with Final Fantasy, you usually have a party that you can control and do their little uh, um, power things and stuff. Um, didn't happen in this game. In fact, we had the guy who literally created most of Devil May Cry's fights. He was on the staff, so it's more of like a Final Fantasy meets Devil May Cry type game, so if you like that hack and slash super combo type fighting, this is the game for you. Um, but what stand out with Final Fantasy 16 was... Um, yeah, this is a definitely a dark story. I'm not going to say a darker story because to me, Final Fantasy 2 is the darkest story ever with Final Fantasy 6 not far behind. 
Um, but I would say what made Final Fantasy XVI really great was, yes, they did take that intrigue and political strife that Game of Thrones had, and they really played up with it. And I really like that it's still stuck to the Final Fantasy elements of there's different countries at war with each other. There's some type of mysterious god happening that doesn't want things to happen. And then there's crystals. Like, there's always crystals involved. In this case, crystals are not good in this world. In fact, if you have magic powers, uh, you actually are enslaved. And the people who don't have powers are the ones who are using your powers for daily lives. Um, And so the main goal of the main character is just trying to understand uh, basically just another freedom fighter going out and trying to make things right. There's a lot of backstory that introduces it to you when you first start. Like it feels like a it feels like a Game of Thrones episode. There's a family. Uh, main character is Clive. Um, he has a brother, Joshua. He's part of a whole kingdom of Rosaria. Rosaria was giving me. Uh, I couldn't decide on, like a Game of Thrones story, but they think of them as like the happy country folk. Like they are smaller, but they're happy. Everyone in the kingdom is happy. Once that was started in this game, you knew some shit was going to go down. Like, everyone's too happy. Um, After some tragedy happens, the main character actually gets enslaved for 13 years. So, yes, he is a slave for 13 years um, because he does have some magic ability. That is his family thing. What led him to be like, I need to break out, is when he is faced with actually trying to um, attack someone that he knows. Once that happens, he meets with uh, a, a character named Sid. You know, every Final Fantasy, there's always a Sid in every Final Fantasy game. Um, but this Sid is, oh my gosh, what's his name? He is voiced by, I should have had his name up, but he is a famous actor. You'll know him by his voice. Um, he, it, to me, he was the main character because this Sid has plans for the new world. He wants everyone to live free and happy and basically equality for all uh, ralph so, something yes i can't say his last name but yes ralph he he's a big voice actor he is usually in a lot of guy ritchie movies mm. uh he did sid's voice and if he has a very deep voice so like him with just the wisecracks throughout the game it's, it's perfect um but basically yeah once he is involved he is getting characters all together we're doing freedom fighting stuff. We're liberating countries. We're liberating the countryside. But our main character is faced with some internal uh, turmoil, knowing that, again, of course, he's a chosen one. Something is brewing on the surface that's from another dimension, and only he can stop it. Mm-hmm. What I really liked about this game is um, the, I guess you can say, the icons, or in other games, they're known as like primals, or they're known as the... Uh, Oh, what's the word? They're like... The, and, and Eidolons, one other game. Yeah, and in 6, they call them espers. Yeah, so in 6, they yes, call them espers. espers. So, you know, and, and mostly every Final Fantasy, especially 7, to me, 7, for me, was the one where I started, like, to pay attention. So, like, the, the dominance I'm talking about is, like, Shiva and Phoenix and Ifrit and, and, and all that. You know, in past games, they were usually, like, a limit break or a big boss. I like that basically the story is these people who are born or they're chosen to carry basically the spirit of these primals 
and that they, you know, they can turn into them or they can have these powers to will. But because the world is crazy, it's very similar today, capitalism and, you know, we all have to control people. You think with these powers, you can do anything, but there's a hierarchy. There's a way of when you're chosen, you actually are bound to be like a weapon or bound to be answering to a king who does not have the power. And that's when things get pretty interesting because there's so much war going on between two continents, um, between nations in the continents. Like There's just so much fighting. You're like, yeah, I just want everyone to chill, but you don't even have the time to do that because even though you're the most powerful character in the game, there's a lot of tragedy in this game. Like when I tell you the amount of death you see as just a character, like it's one of those games where say you're fighting, you know, a couple of people who run up and fighting you. It's one of those games where if you pay attention to the background or pay attention to around you, people are getting slaughtered. Like they're getting like blood is everywhere. People going, ah, whatever. And then it will put you in a cutscene, and there's just more crazy death. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to do something. And someone will literally die in your hands. It's just crazy. And like, I wasn't expecting it because I forgot I was in a Final Fantasy game. I thought I was in one of those regular RPG games. But no, it really pushes the boundary of, I don't know, it, 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 we know things aren't nice, but like in this world, like you could die any second. It doesn't matter who you are. Like rich people, poor people, everyone got it equally. Like everyone was getting like really fucked up in this game. Um, and so it, it put me in a place of like, so this character who was just trying his best, he actually had to come to reason where, yeah, I can't save everyone. But then there are times where like, I literally can't save everyone. And that's going to kill me inside. Because if I can't save this one group over here, a whole town gets decimated. And I had no control because that person was after me. There were scenes where Characters are after other characters, and they literally created a massacre just to get their attention. And I was just like, ah, like you get really. I feel like with the writing, the writing is so it's written so well where you're so emotionally invested that I don't know if you're like me who is very like into the story, you'll be crying and yelling a lot. But even if you're not crying and yelling a lot, you're like, oh, well, that's messed up. What's going to happen next? I do appreciate that type of writing because that's what kept me like playing. Like I played every day for like two weeks until I finished. Um, but I will say this game, this game is great. I would give it nine out of ten. There were some things that I felt like it could have done better, um, especially story wise. Towards the end, I wish it was a little bit better. I really wish that, um, I know for me, the number one complaint was the RPG uh, party group thing. Like you have people in your party, but you could not control them. They were AI, like they were moving on their own volition. So you couldn't do that at all. Um, but you had your dog and you could control um, Torgal for, for he could heal you. He can do attacks and stuff, which was great. Um, but just as recently, um, this weekend, it's PAX West in Seattle. Um, they had a Final Fantasy 16 panel yesterday, and it was announced that um, that they were going to have some more things. Like, they had an update for some more items and costume and glam for your characters. Um, since this game only came out on PlayStation 5, which was a big upset for a lot of people, uh, the biggest announcement is now they're going to finally create one for PC players within 
I believe, in 2024. So all the PC fans out there, you can finally uh, play this game because that was the number one complaint. People didn't want to buy a PS5 for this. So now it'll be PC. So now you can join. Another, the last thing is they're going to have two new DLCs. Now, the way this game ends, it ends in an ambiguous way where I have spent so many hours on Twitter with other fans uh, guessing, what does this mean? What do you think? It literally is whatever it is. But the fact that there's now two DLCs, we are curious of what it's about because I love how this world has so much rich lore, like, everywhere the geography the history of things we're living this world is the type of world where not everyone reads and so a cool thing is once the main character clive starts liberating people and saving people from like using magic so much like you really you don't have to do it no more you're free but this is what you're gonna have to do now like you're gonna have to do these by hand the number one thing that was promoted within all the lower ranks was reading and literacy and stuff. So, and you see the change with NPCs of like, oh, I really, this girl, she, in the beginning, she was safe. She didn't know anything. As she, as you go up throughout the story and you're talking to her, she's learning how to read and write. Then she's learning how to teach the kids. Soon she's writing a whole novel for herself. She only has one copy because, you know, they don't have the technology, but sh- the reading of, or the writing has made her a book where other kids are getting inspired. Like, well, I should write my own book. To me, as a former teacher, I was like, yes. I love that people are reading in the game. So we're hoping that the DLC will cover more of just either the people after the events or before the events, certain geography locations, since this is an island nation and there's so much to explore around the world. Or whatever. Like, we're excited that there's more to be added to the story. Um, I will definitely say this game has actually got to my top three of Final Fantasy, which is really crazy. I've been playing Final Fantasy since I was a child. So I think what made it really special is in this game, you're with the main character. Like, this is Clive's story. This is whatever happens from his point of view. And since you're with him and he, t- he is talking to you like, like you're in his mind, I felt really close to him. So when things happen and like when he was upset, I felt that. I was like, yo, why is he doing that? I'm upset for you. Um, I, the voice acting is like top notch. Like the, the performance is really, really good. Um, if you, the voice actors who are in this game, they are gamers themselves so they really love interacting with fans on twitter and they are having like you could tell this was a great game to be a part of um but yeah i i would definitely recommend it even if you've never played a final fantasy game before a lot of people haven't they really liked how the world the people the characters were really great the fighting is pretty easy to do because either you could have it where i don't fight a lot they have it set up for that where you can do cool combos but enjoy the story or if you're really a hardcore gamer they even have that level for you too as well they have a little bit of something for everyone because you still can craft things if you want you still do hunts um one feature i wish they had was more i guess gimmick gaming kind of like trip uh final fantasy 8 hat triple triad i really wish they would add that into their game some type of game or side content just for funds but we'll see in the future um, but other than that, no, I had a blast with this game. This is 
this to me, my personal game of the year, but that's just me because I'm a Final Fantasy head. I, I really want to play it again, but I can't because I have other games to play. But I really enjoyed it, and I would highly recommend it to everyone. Everywhere. I have curiosity. How long does it take you to, fin- to like finish? Well... Or this one, but this one particular. I am a completionist, so mm-hmm. I did extra shit. I hunted everything down and stuff. So that was going to take me a little bit longer. Um, I think I played it for like a week and a half straight every day. That's me just playing it for like what eight to ten hours a day every day. So yeah, I I have sent, I have sunk like over a hundred hours in that game alone. But I would say if you aren't if you're not doing side stories, which I highly recommend doing side stories because that actually is fleshing out the whole story of the game. Like if you want side stories and lore, do side stories, the side quests. Um, but if you're just sticking to the main story, you're not doing anything else. You can finish this game within 30, 40 hours, which is pretty short, but I wouldn't recommend that the way to go. I would, I would say, yeah, it depends on your gaming style, but I would say overall, there's this game's probably like a 60 to 80 hour game on average. So the gameplay, if you're familiar with Devil May Cry, any of the Devil May Cry games, that's basically the fighting style. Um, the buttons are pretty simple as far as like X whatever. So like triangle would be like a, a range, a range um, move. Um, X would usually be some kind of melee move. Um, circle is like a special ability. Not saying like, like a big melee, but it would be like you're either turning into something that's like shooting out a lot of power. Um, throughout the game, as you level up, you do still have limit break, which is the the type of thing you have when in the other Final Fantasy where if you build up enough of that bar and you LB, you know, you do a crazy super big attack uh, with Clive because it's just him. Um, his limit break is him going into his Ifrit stage. So his icon that he finds out is Ifrit, which is an uh, icon of fire, but like hellfire. Like he is about that life. So when you limit break during this time, all your uh, damage is increased. If you are low on health, you're, it actually heals you, and you're you need to do like your strongest combo during that time, huh? Yeah, exactly. It is his devil trigger? Um, Throughout the game, um, so Clive is, and I'm sure you've seen from the trailers, he, so his icon is Ifrit. He also has a little bit of Phoenix fire because that is his family's uh, symbol. They have the Phoenix. And um, throughout the game, he's finding out that he can absorb other icons. So then he can kind of, you could kind of switch up a combo where I'm fighting in fire mode. Now I'm fighting in wind style. Now I'm doing some lightning and you can do that however you feel comfortable which is was one of my favorite things about this game was once you're learning to get the other icon powers how to perfect the perfect combo because each icon i believe has like 16 moves and so uh there's a skill tree of how many points you want to put in these uh moves once you have that, you, you equip it to your hotbar, and then you uh, you can switch over to each icon as you're doing a move. So you can be like, you can cycle through three different icons and have about like 16 moves, I guess, I believe. 
And so you can just be doing a lot of range, a lot of magic, or you can do mostly melee. You can do both. It's really exciting. And I will say, sometimes the game gets repetitive and just fighting, fighting, fighting. But that never gets old because it's just it's just so cool. It, it reminds me of with um, Dante doing all his crazy uh, combos back in the day. But like if he could just shift into even more crazy devils, you know, like there was different types of devils he could uh, switch into. It would be like that. Okay. Cool. Uh, do you feel you mentioned, you said a big word, you said slavery. Yeah. Uh, did you feel, do you feel like they handled that? Well, like how did that, how did that part of the story feel? I think they handle it. Well, it, I mean, for as a black person, I was like, "What kind of slavery is this?" Um, yeah, but said a big word. Yeah, but <laughs> like, so the terms they use in the game, they they call them um, branded. They'll say branded. They say barriers. They don't really say the s word or slaves. They don't say slaves. They say barriers and branded. But I'm gonna call it for what it is. It's slavery because that's literally what's happening. Um, and so in the game, if you are a barrier, you actually get a whole, like, you get branded on the face with, like, this crazy mark. And so when you're saving people from that enslavement, uh, there is actually some procedures where uh, some doctors will try to, like, take all that skin off your face. And so it's really cool to see some characters uh, uh, with the brand, because they're like, I don't want to take it off. That's scary. Or some that took it off and like there's just a huge scar on their face um and that's really interesting because um one thing i forgot to mention is there is time skips there's three time skips in this whole game so there's characters that you meet in the beginning or in the middle and then you meet them again um when clive is older and to see like some had like the mark and then later on they don't have the mark but a giant scar it's like oh okay so you got the procedure and the npcs are just very upfront with like giving you all the information and having full-on conversations, like a natural conversation that I really like. Um, Clive is, uh, he's a very polite boy, but everyone roasts him, which I really like. Like, it kind of makes him, as he gets older, he starts to kind of reciprocate as well. Like, oh, no, I, I got you back. Like, I can say this too. And it's like, Clive, they're going to still roast you. Um, but no, I love Clive so much because... Um, he is really a good guy, but all the worst things happened to him. All the worst things. And he had to live most of his life in the crate. Like, just if you ever try uh, this game, I would highly recommend doing the demo. The demo is literally the first two hours of the game. So then when you're playing through that story, you kind of see Clive's backstory. Like, it's... It's sad. Like, it's like Game of Thrones sad. And you're just like, oh my gosh, how is he, how is he, what's he going to do? And it's like, well, find out. You say Game of Thrones. Can you, like, like, what, (laughs) who's who's character would you say he's most similar to? Okay, well, I don't want to give too much away, but, like, Clive's mom is very cersei like oh shit okay that's, and that's, then like that's what uh yeah and then like we have um clive clive is a john snow like he is a good boy and he is being pushed all over the place towards uh towards like just tragedy but then again just like in the 
books. I'm not referring to the TV show. Just like in the books, Jon Snow is being pushed towards higher things, and it's up to him to kind of bring people together. And um, Clive does that very well. Like, Clive literally will say, I don't want to do it. Like, I really don't want to do it. But they'll be like, you're the only one who can do it. And then he has to do it. Um, He's not a... Like, if you play Final Fantasy VIII, I would say Squall is, like, very edgy, angsty boy. And then Cloud, Cloud is a very, like, he's, like, just always disassociation. Like, he's just, like, a loner. I would say Clive, yeah, he he gets he gets sad boy sometimes, but then he has a duty that kind of, like, I think because he had a good family home, like, he had a good childhood, that inspires him to do uh, things, like, great things. Um, like Cloud, I mean, Cloud went through horrible stuff, so like he he wouldn't know. But like Squall, he could have done better. I know he was a teenager, but he could have done better. Um, but I would say overall, this game, if I had to like say from the other Final Fantasy games, I would say Final Fantasy Sixteen is like a mixture of six with a little bit of eight, um, and then like a little bit of um, like I'm trying to think, twelve or thirteen. Like a little bit of 12 because 12 does have like that uh world building thing that i like um but it gets as darkest like i it gets really dark i think six is one of the darkest stories because that was the first game where i was just like oh they don't care about main characters in six and these were pixel characters so i was just like well damn and then with eight there was that whole would we what was only it's only uh, it's up to us little people that could save the world even though it's just three of like it, it, it had that same feeling in this game i see okay i recommend is what i heard so that's fantastic i should i definitely should play it um there are a lot of games to play that's what i was saying there's too many when this game came out i know like tears of the kingdom had came out um diablo had came out almost around the same time and some other game and then 16 i was just like well i'm playing 16 um everyone else is playing something else um so i know there's people who are still catching up to it it's hard to avoid avoid spoilers because now Square Enix is selling merchandise which are spoilery. So I would try to like close your eyes to that because <laughs> it's I, it's like when well, there's a little twist, there's a nice little twist. But um, I highly recommend if you have a PlayStation Five, check out the demo at least. It gives you two sides of the story where it gives you the first two hours of the game, and then it. Also, there's a second, uh, like an icon mode where it shows uh, when Clive is older and you have about three icons you can cycle through so you can practice what it feels like to do all the moves you can in any way you want. Or just like today, we found out it's coming to PC. If you are patient and you know you don't have enough time to play that game, just wait for it to hit PC. And um, yeah, if there, I'm hoping there will be a demo for y'all to play. And then play it from there. So everyone wins. But yeah, that is that is my game for now. I know I like Baldur's Gate, but I was just like, but there's no like I love Clive. Like like Clive is like he's my best friend. Like out of all the Final Fantasy characters and all, the, like no, that's my best friend. Clive was is just really fun to to play as him because he's just he's so cool. That's it for me. 
until next time, because I forgot one more other game, Ray, when we were talking about video games. Uh, Final Fantasy, so this is a mobile game, but Final Fantasy VII, uh, After Crisis? Uh, Ever Crisis? Whatever it's called, it yeah. comes out next week, and I was just like, you guys, there's been a game coming out every two weeks. I can't take it no more. <laughs> I can't take it no more. Like, I yeah, just, I just got Baldur's Gate. Shoes, unfortunately. Yeah. <sighs> I just got Baldur's Gate. Um, that Final Fantasy, that so in that Final Fantasy Seven game, is basically a prequel of Sephiroth. We get to see Sephiroth as a young person, um, and the trait, like the quality of this mobile game, looks incredible. Um, we get our main characters wearing different outfits, doing different things. Um, I feel like it's tied to the Seventh Rebirth universe, so that some things might be different. Some things again might be different. So. I would highly recommend that if you're still if you're a Final Fantasy fan too and you didn't know um, it's out next week which is probably now by the time you're listening to the show um, it's, it's either it's either going to be my guess is uh, it, it's it's the story of a certain Safroff is what it might end up being since he's young I think so too <laughs> but I'm like yes like if you're gonna capitalize on your biggest, this is like that's their money making uh, game. It's Final Fantasy VII. If you're gonna capitalize on it, yes, we need a prequel with that guy because he has done so much stuff since I was what like eleven. I was like ten or eleven when I played that game, and he this, he is still wrecking the internet. <laughs> Him and Cloud, you know, he came to Smash Brothers because of Cloud, right? Cloud was there no, first. That's true. And then Sephiroth well, was like, oh, that's true. I'm here too. I was like, this is a good year for Square Enix. And then next year's also another great year for Square Enix because Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out, which is part two of the True. remake. Kingdom Hearts 4 has been rumored too. So oh your girl's going to be eating good for the next two years. And you know, I just, I won't have any time to watch TV no more, but I'm not mad about that because there's a strike. I'll just be playing video games. <laughs> Forever. Forever. I'm not like, look, let the strike go on for two years. I'm good. I don't have to watch TV. Um, you watch Star Trek? Yeah. I mean, I can, Star Trek's one of my comfort shows. I can literally watch <laughs> all the old episodes forever. Well, thank you guys for all the wonderful topics that we talked about today. And listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey and choosing Geek Force as your show for the hour. If you like this episode and want to stay connected to future episodes, don't forget to follow and subscribe to our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, GeekForcePodcast.com, as well as any outlet that we promote. So if you want to do a TikTok or a Twitch, hit, hit that subscribe button. But until then, stay cool, stay healthy, and keep going. This episode of Queston Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.